All right. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Awakening Aphrodite. I am your hostess, Amy Fournier. This show is all about inspiring you to live a more fit, healthy, and empowered life in mind, body, and spirit, as well as to tap into your intuition, balance your masculine and feminine energy, and awaken your authentic self. You can find out more about me on my website, amyfournier.com, and I am on social media at Fit Amy TV on YouTube and Instagram. And this show is also on YouTube. So you can watch this show live over on Fit Amy TV. I have an amazing guest for you today that I cannot wait to share with you. None other than Eric Fontaine. Eric is a self-employed business owner, entrepreneur, and a host of his own podcast called the RDO Podcast, which stands for Resist defy and object. Very cool. I can't wait to tap into his philosophy on that. Eric was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. He's a Texan, but he doesn't live there now. I think he's in South Carolina. Uh, He has been in a cutting a path of his own. He really is a pioneer and a very courageous one at that because he really strives to live a life of purpose. He's gone through many challenges in his life, And I'm sure he's going to share with us some of those and many successes along the way, which motivated him to go ahead and develop a bigger platform for himself and to help others learn and achieve uh, more greatness in their lives as well. His podcast is all about helping people get unstuck by elevating them in mind, body and spirit. So we are alike in that regard. And uh, the objective of the podcast is to provide insight and inspiration and help people become self-employed, achieve greater financial freedom, and pursue their passion in life. What an amazing mission. Eric, welcome to Awakening Aphrodite. Excellent. Thank you for having me, first of all. And I'm really excited to be here. We've been uh, planning this for a little while now, so great. Uh, it's great to actually be here and kick this thing off. Oh my gosh. Well, let's get right into your well-earned wisdom in life, Eric. So tell us a little bit about your backstory that um, I think you grew up with a single parent and did you come from financial hardship and tell us about some of the challenges and trials and tribulations that you've experienced? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the short version on that is just grew up, you know, full blown in poverty, Um, no generational wealth, no um, real support system there. Um, You know, a lot of basic needs weren't met along the way. Um, Stuff that, you know, it's easy to take for granted when you have it. But um, you know, when you when you don't have the things that you need, it's it can be hard to focus on regular things in life, like school, like sports, like, you know, just having that self-esteem and being kind of on that uh, state of normality that we would think of. So yeah, definitely presented challenges, but at the end of the day, I think it really offered more than it took away. And what I mean by that is, it uh, having those challenges, having those struggles, it does something. If you're willing to face it and go through it, it fortifies you in a way that it, it gives you certain strengths and resilience that can only be earned, I'll say. And I think that's played a big part in becoming who I am and kind of having the perception and the focus that I do in business and in life. Right on. So, all right, but just walk us through it a little bit. So you, you grew up in financial hardship. So how did you tell us about your business experience? Because I know a big part of what you're doing is trying to help other people be self-employed and have financial freedom. So how did you kind of figure it out? Did you just, were you the kid that had the lemonade stand, you know, at 12? And then, you know, did you have a series of jobs that you hated? And then you were like, I want to work for myself. Like, 
How did you actually climb to become your own business owner? Yeah, so that part is interesting. I think I can't say um, 100% whether or not the entrepreneurial spirit is something that we're born with or whether it can be, I'm sure it can be cultivated or if it's a mix of both. I don't know, you know, definitively on that, but for sure at a young age, you know, I've always had that drive, that spirit to say, oh man, I could, I could do this. I remember um, like fixing my own bike when I was like wow. six, six or seven years old. Wow. <laughs> the chain would pop, you know, I would oil the chain, the chain would pop off, I'd put it back on or uh, change the brakes on it. And I remember thinking like, oh, I, I could, I could fix other kids' bikes and just charge them a few bucks, you know, and start. So I was always thinking like that. I always had that those concepts in mind. Um, I, I wonder if we all have that and then it's maybe shut down or I don't know what that process is in terms of, you know, that young of an age, but that was certainly those were certainly concepts that were in my head very early, just kind of based on who I am, I guess, because no one around me was doing their own business. No one around me was really mentally geared in that direction. But for some reason, that's, that's always been a focus for me. So that said, I've always had ideas. I've always, uh, been that analytical kid, you know, seeing how things work and um, optimizing things in my own mind, like, okay, well, what if I, what if I do it this way? Or what if I do this? And that was somewhat encouraged along the way. And somewhat of an annoyance, I think, to like, my dad, so it would be, um, I might figure out how to fix something. And he's like, Oh man, how'd you do that? Or that's, that's a great idea. And sometimes it could get a little, you know, a little much because it's always, it's always going. Sometimes it gets a little much for me. It's something that I just can't turn off. So I'm always thinking in those terms. I'm always looking at things um, from a standpoint of how they can be better. And I think that's kind of the true essence of any business it really goes back to first principles thinking. So with that in mind, I don't, I, I never, I started going to college for business degree. I did one year at community college and that was that because I made a business decision in my mind, which was, okay, after this next year, I'm either going to go get in six figures of debt and then come out and disclaimer I'm there's there's no uh, nothing against getting a degree but with my situation I was gonna have to pay out of pocket have no support and have to be working full-time so get in massive debt six figures in debt by the time I have my degree be working low income jobs the whole time and then come out and maybe make in the range of 50 grand a year for the next five to seven years. Right, generally speaking, maybe it'd be better, maybe it'd be worse because in high school and even before that, I was working at jobs with people who had their master's degrees people who were, had their nursing degree, had their MBA, had their doctorate, and they were working at food restaurants. I mean, I'm not gonna name which ones, but they were working at restaurants that you, you know, you would not, you would not think that people with their degrees and all these qualifications and they're very intelligent and they couldn't get a job, you know? so there's more on education and, and much more that we could go into on the philosophy of whether or not it's worth it. But I personally decided that going that route was not worth it for me. And so I got busy creating 
and going through the process of trial and error myself in the real world. And so I, I was constantly learning between YouTube, Google, whatever. Um, you can learn anything self-taught. The downside is it's spread out everywhere. So it's like Easter egg hunting. You gotta, you gotta look all around. You gotta sort through things to actually figure out what's valid information, what's not. And the way I navigated that process was just kind of letting my intuition recognize something as truth or not, this makes sense or it doesn't. And then I would take action, put these things into work and reality. And over time, through trial and error, through multiple attempts at starting a business, I finally figured out um, sort of a sweet spot, you could say, in the market or a, a tactical approach, tactical business approach that could work for anyone from ground zero, starting up a new business and just going out and making money. And for me, that discovery was starting a service related business. And my first service related business that was successful was actually a lawn care business. And I basically got a trailer. I had a mower already, just a push mower. Um, I got a cheap weed eater on sale from Home Depot and just kind of my basic stuff that I thought I would need. Um, I spoke to a friend of mine who was already doing lawn care full time, got some pointers from him. I also looked on YouTube and was just kind of sorting through YouTube channels that give you tips and um, information on running a lawn care business. And then I just went out and started knocking on doors, you know, and within the first day, I actually, the first two days, I'll say, <laughs> um, something happened on the first day, which I'll go into, you probably heard this story already, but I haven't shared it on here. So I will cover that. But within the first day of actually knocking on doors, you know, I had like 10 clients. And um, so that doesn't sound like a lot, but at $40 a piece, um, you know, that's $400 worth of additional income right there in one day that I didn't have before. So it was really a big deal and it, it allowed me to survive and not only survive, but begin to thrive because I would make more in two days working for myself than I would that whole week, you know, working at my job. So it kind of was something I always knew could be possible, but now it was tangible. And now I had this paradigm shift happen within my reality. So the way that I learned to do what I'm doing is simply relentless effort, relentless effort, a lot of trial and error, a lot of failure. <laughs> I could probably write like five books on failure. That's, but I, 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 I lose track of who actually said the quote, but um, basically the quote is something like, if you want to increase your wins, you have to increase your failure rate. So I, I truly believe in that. I've lived that and I still live it. Everything I do does not work out. But if you put forth that relentless effort, if you know yourself and you know what you want and you know what you're capable of and you don't let anyone else get in the way of that process, you just go for it. You put forth that relentless effort be willing to fail because every time you do, you're going to learn. And that, that is literally how I started a business from nothing, from being in, in debt, credit card debt, being upside down on the bills to making way more money than I ever would at any job. Um, just there's, there's no comparison to me. I'm a firm believer. I'm an absolutist. 
in the sense that I believe everyone would be better off working for themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow, quite a story, Eric. So I love that resent, resentless, relentless, relentless effort, relentless right. effort. That is yeah. quite a concept. And I love how you said uh, toward the beginning, which is a big part of what the show is about, is uh, you just gave us an example of a person that is balancing their masculine and feminine essence, their masculine and feminine being in themselves. You said that you would consider something, you would weigh it against yourself, your intuition, and then you would take action. And right there is a living, breathing example of really what the show is about, trying to help people harness that and be aware of these, the duality in all of us. That um, and you are living proof of how it works, right? And and it's just such an important mes message as well about you know that just failure is part of the process. It just it hurts, it sucks. We all wish it wasn't so, but it sure is, right? It sure is. It's Absolutely. just a necessary part of growth. Unfortunately, we can just hope that we gain the wisdom to not keep repeating the same mistakes because that's, that's kind of the question of stupidity, right? It's like, when are you going to learn the lesson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the key is don't make the same mistakes twice. You know, yeah. it's, it will happen occasionally. It should be a rare occasion when yeah. you make the same mistake twice. So yeah. I, I look forward to failure at this point. I, on, I can honestly say that I enjoy the process of failure because I understand that failure is the process of success mm. and that that applies to business and life across the board I mean the only way we learn is through failure you get what you want you win you don't you don't typically learn anything from that yep. if anything we often find that when we get what we want it, we don't want it anymore, or it's not what we thought. It becomes was too easy. Right. So there's a disillusionment that occurs there when you actually reach that point that you thought was a destination, only to realize there there is no destination, you know, and maybe that ties into like Simon Sinek's philosophy of the infinite game. You know, there's never there is no finish line. Um, a lot of the most successful people that I've learned from and been inspired by have some of those same core principles embedded into their life. You know, David Goggins, he says the same thing. There is, there is no finish line. There, it's just, you keep going, you keep evolving. And um, that's as a person, in business and in life. And I think what you're focused on is so important because without that balance within yourself, nothing else can really get done. I mean, if you're not functional within your own being, you're going to have a hard time navigating the rest of life, business, other relationships, parenthood, um, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you're going to have a hard time until you find balance within yourself. So I think that's truly the first step. And it's something that just like everything else requires maintenance. It's something that has to be an ongoing process and it's something to be enjoyed. You know, it's not always perfect. It's not always pleasant, but when you come out of it, I think that's where you find true fulfillment like great success happens through that balance the respect of that balance and just constantly doing your best well let me ask you this is there anything now looking back that you could honestly say i just wish i knew this though you know like to help anyone listening like oh that's true we all have to learn and walk through the fire but um is there anything though you just wish I did wish I knew this though. <laughs> yeah. So for sure, one thing that I wish I knew like definitively is that for every problem, there is a solution. Like I wish I would have started off 
as a young child knowing that that hey it's all good like there's an there's not to say that there's an answer to everything but that there is a resolve there's some kind of resolve there's some type of solution to every problem it doesn't mean it's going to be what you want all the time but that there are answers to these questions out there and a lot of the the anguish that i had early on you know struggling through life was that not knowing if there was even a way if there was even a way that i could go from where i was to where i wanted to be yeah. or if i was just hopelessly you know lost in um, this state of being that i was born into or am i actually able to rise out of that am i actually able to be happy to be functional to be, you know have the type of life that I want to live and the answer is yes so I guess what I'm trying to say is that you can create the life that you desire to create there is an answer for these any of these questions that you may have um, there's a salute if there's for every problem there is a solution and I think if you start there and you know that from the beginning it really puts you in the driver's seat and it it allows you to empower yourself along the way no matter where you start so i, I, I took a i took a long time just to learn that much mm -hmm. it took a long time to get to that point of understanding that hey there is a way there's always a way well it's like that saying uh, if it's meant to be it's up to me and, and it goes, it goes back to your relentless effort. That's just so great because what you're saying there, there to have the belief that there is a solution. I just have to keep going until I find it. Exactly. And I know I find in my experience with my uh, clients or students or people, uh, you know, that I come across a lot of times they just quit too soon. You know, if they just quit too soon and, and, and you know what, I get it. It could be months, years, decades. And you're like, are you kidding me? How much more do I have to keep? I can't do it anymore. I can't keep trying and going. Keep going. You have to yeah. keep going. It's a go. Sometimes it's just that next breakthrough is the answer, right? So yeah. you're living proof of that. It's very uh, inspiring. Thank you. And I believe we live in a time right now where, you know, something we've talked about recently where a lot of the conveniences that we have have actually pushed us further away from being able to utilize them effectively. And one thing that I think has happened is we've become softer with all of the immediate yes. gratification that comes along with technology, that comes along with all having all these conveniences. You know, you Absolutely. get on your smartphone, you, you do whatever you want, whenever you want. You get to see movies and do things instantly. All these things have softened us. Now, it doesn't have to stay that way. And it can be reversed, but you have to choose to do, to want and to do something differently. But here's the flip side of that. It's not all bad. And the reason is all these technologies and everything that we have can be leveraged to serve you to work to your benefit and the benefit of the rest of the world if you choose to use it that way. And you can apply that same convenience of technology to learning things instead of entertaining yourself, to operating a business and, and starting something new in that regard versus complaining and staying in like these negative echo chambers that tend to pop up and develop through social media. You can make all of this serve you. You can make all of this work for you if you choose to. And that really, I believe, has played another huge part in why I was able to do what I was able to do. If I didn't have the, the convenience of like, I know people have mixed feelings about Google, kind of can't live with it, can't live without it. But Google Maps, you know, um, 
Google uh, local services. I mean, there's just resources available online that did not exist previously. And it allows you to go from zero, from nothing, as a single person to go out and start making, you know, considerably more than the average person with a, with a degree, an entry-level career. I mean, you can go straight out and make 10 grand a month from nothing. You, you could have not even finished high school and, and go out and make that as a self-employed individual. So all I can say is that's, that's really amazing to have that ability to where otherwise, what would your options be in the employment sector or in the, um, even in upper level, you know, corporate type career jobs yeah, you might make that, but you might also be working 90 hours a week. You know, there's, I'm very biased in saying that I think everyone would be better off <laughs> working for themselves. I think it's better for you, your family, the rest of the community, and um, the, our national and global economy. The private sector is what drives the development of technologies like what we have from medical to you know electronic all of this is driven by innovation and that innovation takes place in the private sector and what does that mean that means startups that means individuals doing their thing sometimes collectively often collectively with technology <laughs> but that's it it, it gives you a chance to get your ideas out into the world and create the life and the, and the things that you want to manifest. It but you truly, you, you truly believe though, Eric, that everyone has that bandwidth though, to be able to see it through with all the bumps and bruises that come with being your own boss and having your own business and having to have relentless effort. Do you think everyone has that capacity and willingness to have relentless effort to make it successful? Now, the willingness is the key there. Does everyone have that capacity? What, if you have basic cognitive function, meaning you can, you can think effectively like as a functional human being, you can speak, you can read and you can write yes if you can do basic cognitive function you do have the potential you do have the capacity to do this now that's not that's not what makes this happen though see most people have that unless they have some birth defect or um, traumatic injury that impairs those functions mm -hmm. most people are going to be equipped in terms of potential. So it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of recognizing that you have that potential and then executing a willingness to do what you want to do. You have to impose your will on the world. And if you're not willing to do that, then nothing's going to happen. No one can sell you a course. No one can hold your hand through any of this. You can, I can put the information in a concentrated form and, you know, give everyone all the stuff that I've learned along the way. I can give you everything on a silver platter, but if you're not willing to take action and actually do it, if you're not willing to do it, nothing will happen. So it, it's very much a matter of a willingness to take action. And I tell my son, you know, he's five, but since he was two years old, he's been saying affirmations with me every night before bed. Wow. You know, I'm trying to, and it's a long string of affirmations that <laughs> he just memorized by hearing me say it every night before wow. bed. So he's been on that since he was two. We'd say it, and then we go to sleep. We still do that every night before bed because I believe it's so vital to program yourself 
for what you want out of yourself, out of life. And um, I tell them every day, you can do what you will do. Some parents tell their kids, oh, you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything. That's partially true. You can do anything that you're willing to do. That's the truth. Love you it. can't do anything. You can do anything you're willing to do. And if you're not willing to do what it takes, then it's not going to be successful. That is so brilliant. And I'll tell you that, you know, someone told me somewhere along my travels that or somewhere I heard somewhere from someone much smarter than me said something, uh, the effect that uh, the only difference between the really successful people and the people that aren't are the really successful people are willing to do the things that the others weren't willing to do. Right. Something, something of that regard, I'm paraphrasing, but um, which made sense, you know, and yeah. you know, when you really look, pull the curtain back and look behind the scenes of all the huge successful icons in our culture, you know, we only see the glory, right? And I think a lot of the current generation, the younger generation, unfortunately, they want the Insta fame and the Insta success and Instagram and the microwave and all this. And they, but they don't see, you know, and the, you know, the expression, the overnight success that took yeah. 30 years, right? You know, it's like yeah. they don't see the work, the grind, the, the preparation, the, the pain, the anguish, the sacrifice that often goes into really big successes and to have the glory. And to be in that limelight for that one fleeting moment and all yeah. that, that it took to get there, right? Exactly. Like you look at someone like The Rock, for example. Yeah. You know, that's that's an easy person to look at. And be like, or Beyonce. Oh, well, look, you know, lucky he's he's got it all. I'm not The Rock, right? But you didn't see uh, Dwayne Johnson when he was a geek um, broke. Yeah. He was riding in his dad's little cheap pickup with you know 40 bucks in his pocket and no future no prospects now you didn't see him when he was you know basically homeless and totally broke you didn't see the the work ethic that he put in for 10 years or whatever it was to keep pushing and keep evolving to get to where he's at right now and everyone has that Everyone has that story. And when you realize that and you stop making excuses for yourself and the circumstances that you were, may have started in, um, until you stop just whining and, and telling yourself a story on why life's not fair to you, you're never gonna give yourself permission to actually be you and focus on moving in a direction that you actually want to take your life in. I mean, that's what it takes. Everyone starts, I, I won't say everyone, most people with the level of internal fortitude that it takes to be at that level, most people know what it's like to not have that. That's why they're able to get there. Most people like The Rock, you know, he started out way at the bottom. I mean, you can't look at someone's life and go, oh, well, lucky for them. Even if they did, my son is going to have tons of privileges, tons of advantages compared to where I started. But I don't think that's something to resent either because it's all about the values. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about where they started or where they didn't. The whole point is to focus on you Focus on creating a better life for yourself, your family, generational wealth, or whatever your focus is to kind of create the life that you wish you had. You can do that. You can make that happen. Eric, that's so inspiring. And, and I like to add to what you just said of the people who poo-poo those that, you know, might have financial uh, freedom or, you know, be inherited money or whatever it is yeah. um, that, you know, none of us walk in the shoes of another we every soul comes here with its own unique challenges and um you know that's such a pathetic cop-out <laughs> to yeah. give yourself permission to kind of feel better about yourself and write people off you have no idea 
what challenges that person goes through or the sacrifice or the price, everything comes to the price, you know, that, that they pay for whatever that you perceive might be a luxury or an advantage. No one knows, you know, you don't, we don't walk in others' moccasins as the Indian said, you know? So I think that that's so inspiring that someone in your position can be so self-actualized and so, so intelligent and so, driven and you are truly a, a wise deep soul you know that it's it's very your son is very lucky to have you um tell us though what are your thoughts on uh those of us who might subconsciously sabotage our success okay so what about that like we're afraid of it <laughs> we don't want to admit it but you know do you see that a lot and what are your thoughts on that yeah i've lived it I mean, oh. I want I want to touch on something we just uh, spoke about as well. The crazy part is the only people who really know what my childhood was like, where I started and and where I am now. The only people who really, really know are like my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else, they have no clue. So they look at where I'm at now and they're just like they're they're very very positive about it because they can't believe you know starting where I did and no shade to them it's just it was what it was um I think they put their best effort forth but man no one no one's really gonna know except outside of what you share and even then they'll doubt it you know they'll say oh yeah right you know he, st- he had money or no, if you've seen where I've lived, if you've seen, if I could just take people into a glimpse of certain times, you wouldn't believe, you really wouldn't believe. So the funny part is now that, you know, we're, I'm not rich, but you know, we're doing, we're doing all right. And we're focused on building generational wealth. Now I've noticed that when we go out to eat somewhere, when we're, we're just doing things that are kind of um, more of a normality now, it may even be the vehicle that we're driving or whatever, which I don't spend a lot of money on things at all, but it's shocking to realize that people look, people have made comments, people have looked at our situation now and, um, they think that we grew up with money, that we were given like this head start and that, oh, that we're kind of, we're, we're them now, you know, and it's just, it's mind blowing to see that actually happen, knowing <laughs> what it took to get here and knowing how recent the extreme, extreme struggle was that it was just like a few years ago that you know, my, basically I, I couldn't pay rent. I couldn't, uh, I was juggling credit cards to try to get here to, I'm in Charlotte now, I'm in North Carolina to, for a job opportunity that was going to pay me 30 bucks an hour, which would have been more than I ever made before. Um, so I left a job that was paying me 17 an hour for a job here in Charlotte that was going to pay me 30 an hour, but there was a, a, basically an eight month, eight month period in the beginning where I was going to be making 16 an hour. So that wasn't going to be enough to support us and the move and every, everything, you know, I maxed out credit cards to make that happen and jump on this opportunity. But in that process of surviving, like I said, and, and just going all in, and taking that first step to go knock on that door for to sell lawn care services, even though I was nervous, even though I was full of self-doubt, even though I, I thought, what am I doing? I should just, you know, hang this up and, and stop right now. Like, don't, don't even try, you know, what's how I felt. But I did it anyway, and it led to leaps and bounds of success because of what I discovered in the process and the moment you do that 
people are, the moment you cross that threshold, people are going to look at you like you've always had it, like you've always been there. And only you'll really know. So I don't care what other people think. I mean, it's just funny to me to be, to cross the threshold and then people look at you like, like you've always had it, like you, you've been given a life of privilege and they have no clue how hard you've worked for it. That is a disease mindset. It's, it's not a winner's mindset and it's not gonna get you anywhere different. If someone was born with advantages or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Good for them, good for their parents, good for their family, whatever. Until you focus on doing you, nothing's going to happen. So, such wise words, 100%. Um, you know, I think we can extrapolate that example from the, the financial have and have nots to really anything. Uh, you know, with even with women that look at other beautiful woman, women or uh, if people in a relationship when they don't have a relationship, it's all it says so much about the person on how they frame that it can go one of two yeah. ways. Either they can go what you're talking about, the people that resent it and, you know, poo poo it and say must be nice for them or must have been yeah. nice to be born that way and all that. Or. Yeah. another type of person that goes the other way and is inspired by it. Like, oh, exactly. wow, I can be that too. Or, That's the key. Or, or see yourself in them. That's what I want. Oh, thank you for showing me this is possible. You know, like two different types of people, Eric. What is that all about? Like, who would not want to be in the second camp? <laughs> you know, like, why would you just want to be like, right? I'll tell you, I think... The first, the fundamental aspect of it for me is that is all perception. You talked about framing. Framing is an important neuro-linguistic programming tool that you can frame things one way. Oh, look at them, must be nice. Or you can frame things of, wow, I want to aspire to be in that position or, or have a family or get myself together. I've, I've always strived to do what serves me. So when I look at something, I'm not getting envious. I'm not getting jealous. I'm not hating on anyone. That's not productive. And it doesn't make sense. I don't even know the person. Or even if I do, I'm even more happy for them if they're doing well. I want everyone to strive to do their best. And that's what I strive to do. So anytime someone is further ahead in a certain regard or further along or more developed in their business or whatever it may be, I look at that and I'm like, wow, okay, let me assess what they're doing, how they're doing it, and let me learn from it. And I can incorporate whatever relevant aspects of that fit into my life. And now I just became better instead of the negative you know, low frequency uh, thoughts and, and feelings about what other people are doing. That's never going to serve you. It's never going to change your circumstance. And guess what? It's not going to change their circumstance either. So what is the point? I mean, I really don't understand it because maybe, like I said, just starting on the other end of the spectrum, knowing, um, you know, how great how, how not so great things can be. I've only um, focused on moving forward in my life. So sometimes no choice is the best choice. And it's because it, for, it leaves you with nothing to lose and everything to gain. But I think if people realize that no matter where you're at, you still have everything to gain, they, they probably wouldn't adopt uh, perception of others or the world around them that doesn't serve them. So, well, I will say that uh, as we're getting toward the end of the show here, um, what I'm hearing from this time together for you is it really starts with you really having a belief in yourself. Like you had that belief in yourself from a young boy 
what would you say, Eric, to people who don't feel they don't have that self-esteem? They just don't feel like they can compete. They can do it. They can. They don't have that belief in themselves. Can we cultivate that belief in ourselves to 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 be more like that? Absolutely. Not, not only not only can you cultivate that, you have an even greater obligation to yourself, your ancestors, your future generations to get unstuck as I look at it. I looked at my situation and realized, you know, I looked back, okay, how was my father raised? How was my mom raised? Okay. They had a much worse childhood than I did. They did better for me. And so each generation, even if you start down and out, you have to pick that up. You have to believe in yourself, even through things like affirmations and things that aren't, they're not gonna feel natural to you at first. It's because you've been stuck in a negative feedback loop. It's because you've been born into a situation that doesn't serve you. It's not conducive to your well being. And if you have any doubts about that, look around. Are you happy? Is your family happy? If you don't believe in yourself, that's because you're lacking in that certainty. And that leads to a lack of self-esteem, a lack of confidence, a lack of energy. I mean, it leads to all kinds of negative things. But the bottom line is you have to be willing to be your own hero. You have to create that version of yourself in your mind and think, okay, if I was my ideal self, what would that look like? What would I speak like? How would I carry myself? And you have to just start by literally creating yourself in your own mind as sort of an avatar. It's someone that you're not right now, but it's someone that under the right circumstances you could be. And when you do that, you give yourself permission to start becoming that. And that is becoming and doing your best. And so I personally started out on that negative side of things. I was told, you know, and again, I, I love my parents, I'm not bashing them, but I was told, you know, just don't, don't think about doing things like that. You know, you're not, you need to get realistic. You're not going to be a millionaire. You don't waste your time on this, on that. You need to get a job. You need to go to school. You need to do this. And I think they were sincerely trying to do what they felt, do and say what they felt was best for me. But guess what? The sooner you learn that your parents aren't any more qualified than you are most times to guide you and to lead you in the right direction, the better because they didn't know what they were talking about. They had the right intentions, but it doesn't mean they have the right answers. At the end of the day, you're the only person that's, that can be accountable and will be accountable for your life. And for that, you have to own everything that you do for better or worse, success or failure. You have to lead yourself and become who you could be. And that involves taking on the responsibility of life doing your best and putting forth that relentless effort. Start where you are. If you're stuck, if you can't even think straight, start with that and just work on unraveling, you know, following the rope, as I say. And one of the best habits that can put you, can fast track that process is writing notes. It's not like a diary necessarily, but Think of notes as a tool, pen and paper, that allows you to actually organize your mind, the contents of your mind. When you write it out in notes, when you organize your thoughts, what's serving me, what's not serving me. That's a great place to start. These habits, which 
I will, um, I will say I'm creating these free resources for the podcast because I end up explaining some of these things again and again. And I actually want to put out templates, just free resources, free guides that people can use. And you'll be able to find that at RDO Podcast. So you can use these resources, but start there, start today. Just start sorting out your mind on pen and paper. You'll be amazed at how refreshed, organized, and rejuvenated you feel with that internal clarity. And these are some of the first steps that it takes, but it goes back to the same principles. You can do what you will do. If you want to get unstuck, if you want to reach a certain level, if you want to have a certain life, you have to work for it. You have to earn it. Even if you started way back here or way up here, we all have our own struggles. And I spent many years on the gas and the brake at the same time. Um, So I think there's a book. I haven't read it yet, but there's actually a book called Release Your Brakes. Um, I've been told that's a great book. I I probably should have read it earlier, but I learned uh, the hard way to release my brakes. So don't struggle needlessly. Don't, don't be your own worst enemy. Too often we create our own confines and it's not until you give yourself permission to do differently that you can actually do better and enjoy a, a much higher quality of life. Enjoy a much more fulfilling life. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Fontaine, amazing, so inspiring, such words of wisdom, and uh, wow, this has just been fantastic. Eric, tell people how they can find out more about you. You can find me, I'm launching uh, the website today, actually, so I've just been kind of running the YouTube, Um, I've been running on pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, it's RDO podcast. Um, and the website is rdopodcast.com. So yeah, you can find free resources there coming up soon. You can definitely find all the um, long form podcast interviews as well as um, just videos, kind of how to videos focused on some of the more technical things at RDO podcast on YouTube. So YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you know, all that good stuff. Awesome. Eric, thank you so very much for being on Awakening Aphrodite. And guys, if you like the show, you can support the show by leaving a review, sharing it with a friend. And don't forget, you can check us out on YouTube. You can check out Eric there. And this whole interview is there at Fit Amy TV, and that's where you can find me on Instagram as well, Fit Amy TV, or my website, of course, Amy Fournier, A-M-Y-F as in Fox, O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can download one of my free guides or check out my products as well. Eric, thank you again. I already can't wait to have you back on the show to tap into more of your wisdom. And everybody, thanks for watching or listening, and I can't wait to be with you again already. Until next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.